I guess. <laughs> Live shot in the title card. Hey, you get what you get, right? It's all good. It's all Shake good. it up a little bit. It's Monday, baby. Shake it up. It is Monday. All right. We are back in studio here at the Lee Company studio, live from Columbia. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton. This is Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. I hope you guys are having a hope you guys are having a great start to your week. Of course, all right, you can't hear us. Can we can can oh you can't hear us at all. Okay. There you go. Well, anyway, we are here. Can you hear us now? I hope you I hope the headphones are working. We hope the headphones are working here. Hope you guys can hear us. But um, yeah, looking forward to a a really good show today. But man, what a weekend! Being heard will help. Yeah, yeah, it will indeed. Ah, what's going on? How was the weekend? Long, turn. Yeah, all good. All good. Happens. Well, I mean, you know, obviously, Blue Cross Bowl weekend is always long. Yeah. I assume you came on Sunday. I did. Yeah, that's that's always better. Uh, <laughs> I am. I took a detour though. Oh yeah, where'd you go? I went to um, Humble Baron for the Sunday brunch. Ah, oh. um, nearest. Yeah, over the hill. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't hang out long, but I had the shrimp and grits. Ooh, yes, please. <laughs> that is a, the, the Humble Baron. May be one of the coolest places in the state of Tennessee. Just a, a massively cool place, massive place in general. Hey, it's pretty <laughs> it's massive. Pretty I mean, I mean, you hear, you know, Guinness Book of World's rec oh, World Records for longest continuous bar, and you say, okay. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's as far as the eye can see. Mm -hmm. And so... To be a bartender trying to work that bar, probably not well, the easiest. Well, fortunately, it's not just one. No, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would take a, a few. But, man, that's a, that's a cool little uh, secondary trip plan. Kind of wrap it up. Always good. Always good. Well, we've got a great show, and it's basically because the content is endless. Yeah, it's it's got not much to do with us and no. more with what we're going to talk just about. endless content and it's going to be a lot of fun of course terry mccormick's going to join us to talk about the titans and there's plenty to talk about uh and and i apologize to all the titans and to the titans fans for mentioning the injury report last week clearly mm. it's my fault mm -hmm. and so uh, i do apologize but you know it was bound to happen eventually anyway got a lot to get to uh, yeah, Justin, there is, a, let's just say, a lot of new slides. So uh, might want to run through those and get acclimated. Familiarize yourself. And you can do that while we give you <laughs> the weekend's results and today's schedule on The Rundown. This is The Rundown. The Monday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. ZCA offers a faith-based, Christ-centered education in Murray County. Give them a call today at 931-388-5831 or visit zioneagles.org to schedule your appointment today. Zion Christian Academy, prepared for college, equipped for purpose. 
High school football action, Blue Cross Bowl State Championships, Class 1A, South Pittsburgh 14-7, winners over McKenzie in 2A. It was Decatur County, Riverside 13, East Roberts in 7. Man, two really good games in, in those classes there. Alcoa, Downs East Nashville 42-20, we mentioned on Friday in Class 3A. In Class 4A, it was Pearl Cone 36, Upperman 27 in a classic. A classic game there and a classic game in Class 5A. And you can find coverage from Mo on Main Street Preps from Knoxville West. 24-19 went over Page. But, man, what a game that was. And then in Class 6A, some new blood. As Houston downs Oakland 24-9. How about that? Congratulations. The Houston team was on a mission and completed it on Saturday night. No question. Girls basketball, Grace Franklin, 53-50 winners over Battleground Academy. Blackman downs Columbia Central, 45-31. Brittle, 82-38 winner over Springfield, while Chattanooga Christian down Brittle Academy, 75-60. Innsworth, 87. Clarksville Academy, 38. <clears throat> Sorry. Rockville, 74. Northeast, 38. Little Tennessee Christian 69-43 winners over Columbia Academy. Creekwood falls to Gibson County 56-52. And Marshall County was a 49-34 winner over Cullioka. Dixon Academy a 42-26 winner over Zion Christian. Community falls to Eagleville 66-30. FC Boyd down Smyrna 52-39. And Independence gets a 50-38 win over Fairview. Providence Christian 57. Franklin Road Academy 43. Harper Hall downs Girl Prep School a 53-42. John Overton, 86, Glencliff, 12, Green Hill, 46, Wilson Central, 37, East Hickman, 66, 27, winners over Kenwood, Republic Falls to Kirkwood, 71, 28, Cambridge downs Laverne, 47, 31, Lebanon, 76, Mount Juliet, 29, Liberty Creek, 34, 30, winners over Donaldson Christian, Loretto beats Hornersville, 60 to 42, Richland, a 72, 30, winner over Mount Pleasant, Nashville Christian, 62, Hume, 525, Oakland 59, Beach 56, and Perry County down Santa Fe 51-26. Also, the Webb School defeated Pope Prep. <coughs> Excuse me. What's going on? That's so wild. 59-29, Portland with a 46-36 win over Gallatin. Stewart's Creek 51, Riverdale 28. Shelbyville with a 47-46 win over Siegel. Nolansville also with a one-point win over Spring Hill 46-45. Hendersonville defeated Station Camp 55-43. Stewart's Creek, not Stewart County, 56. West Creek, 35. That's understandable. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Stratford 72. Knowledge Academies 12. Summertown with a 66-30 win over Collinwood. Sycamore defeated Harpeth 52-37. It was Upperman 43. Summit 30. Valor Collegiate 38, Lead Academy 30. Pearl Cone defeated Warren Central of Kentucky 54-35. DeKalb County defeated Watertown 44-37. Cheatham County 36, Westmoreland 30. White County with a 68-52 win over Murfreesboro Central. And Greenbrier defeated White House Heritage 56-43. On Saturday, Battleground Academy's girls defeated Davidson Academy 59-51. Central of Kentucky Hmm. Just central. Just concern. central. Okay. <laughs> the right in the middle. Hmm. 83. Clarksville Academy, 48. Rossview defeated Christian County of Kentucky, 56-45. A little more specific. <laughs> uh, thank goodness. Kentucky's pretty big. 
Um, Webb, 74, Christ Presbyterian, 39, Smyrna, 47, Chattanooga School of Arts and Sciences, 24, FC Boyd defeated Dixon Christian Academy, 66-28, Ezel Harding with a 63-42 win over Middle Tennessee Christian, Loretto defeated Lincoln County, 52-40, it was Marshall County of Kentucky, 46, Green Hill, 29, Nashville Christian down Kirkwood, 58-20, and Pope Prep, 64, Merle Hyde, 37. Boys basketball from Friday, Columbia Central, 44, Blackman, 41, Brentwood Academy, 78-53 over Chattanooga Christian, Ensworth falls to Clarksville Academy, 72-58, and Rockville gets the best of Clarksville Northeast, 72-35. Columbia Academy, 65-36 winners over Middle Tennessee Christian, taking out some football team frustration there. Creekwood, 76, Gibson County, 57, Marshall County, 76-44 winners over Cullioke, Guzan and Christian Falls to Dixon Academy, 70-66, while Eagle Bowl was a 53-42 winner over Community. Clay County, 66-43 against East Robertson, and Ezo Harding down Spring Academy, 98-49. It was Smyrna, 70, FC Boyd, 34. Providence Christian, 76-50 winners over Franklin Road Academy, and John Overton downs Glencliff, 76-60. Green Hill, 48, Wilson Central, 42. Hume Fox, 66-30 winners over Nashville Christian. Martin Luther King, a 44-38 winner over Hunters Lane. And Rossview, 54 Jonesboro, Arkansas, 52. Also, Kirkwood defeated Republic, 75-19. It was Laverne, 56. Cane Ridge, 53. Antioch, 62. Lawson, 46. Lebanon with a 47-41 win over Mount Juliet. Liberty Creek defeated Donaldson Christian, 50-33. It was Loretto, 70, Cornersville, 24, Marshall County of Kentucky, 70, Good Pasture, 57, Montgomery Bell Academy, 71, Tennessee Heat, 53, White House, 79, Merrill Height, 47, Houston County, 55, Montgomery Central, 39, Mount Juliet Christian with a 55, yeah, no, Mount Juliet Christian, 42, Foundations Christian Academy, 27, there we go. Richland 70, Mount Pleasant 48, Beach down Oakland 74-49, Santa Fe with a 72-39 win over Perry County, Gallatin edges Portland 52-48, Stewart's Creek 52, Riverdale 41, Siegel 71, Shelbyville 43, Nolansville 90, Spring Hill 44, Station Camp with a 40-36 win over Hendersonville, West Creek defeated Stewart County 91-31, Summertown with a 70-43 win over Collinwood. It was Sycamore 65, Harper 37, Upperman edging Summit 54-52, DeKalb County with a 59-43 win over Watertown. Webb defeat down University School of Nashville 53-52, Westmoreland with a 55-41 win over Cheatham County, Murfreesboro Central 66, White County 51, Greenbrier, 49, White House Heritage, 45, and Whites Creek, 77, Joe Burns, 49. On Saturday, Bartland down in Rossview, 74-56. was Battleground Academy, 82-52, <laughs> winners over Davidson Academy. Smyrna gets the best of Chattanooga School of Arts and Sciences, 76-68, while Ezo Hardy was an 80-44 winner over Middle Tennessee Christian. Tennessee Heat edged at Lewiston Academy, 65-61, while Loretta down Lincoln County, 57-42. Kirkwood, 63, Nashville Christian, 58. Pope Prep, an 84-64 winner over University School of Jackson. Uh, University Heights of Kentucky, 85, page 58. On the collegiate side, Belmont downs Valparaiso, 
7768. It was Central Florida 72, Lipscomb 57, Vanderbilt Downs, Alabama AM 7859, and Tennessee State edges Austin P 6965. The ankle biting terriers of Wofford get the best of Middle Tennessee State in overtime 7464. Sharp teeth. Yeah. Tougaloo Downs Fist 6153, and Trevecca continues a heck of a turnaround in 2023 with a 103.71 win over Northwood. Women's basketball over the weekend. Cincinnati defeated Tennessee State 76-52. Mercer edged Austin P 78-75. Vanderbilt with a 71-63 win over Louisiana Tech. Akron defeated Tennessee State 55-49. Belmont at the curb, downing Middle Tennessee State yesterday afternoon 71-47. Ohio State. I watched about three minutes of this and got disgusted. Ohio State 78, Tennessee 58, Simmons College of Kentucky 100, Cumberland 95, and Fisk with an 80 to 60 win over Tougaloo. In the NFL at Nissan Stadium, I'm sure we'll be talking more about this later, whether we want to or not, but the Colts with a 31-28 overtime victory over the Titans. On the ice, the Rangers of New York defeated the Predators 4-3. The Predators bounced back for a 2-1 win over the Sabres of Buffalo. And in the association, the Grizzlies split a pair, downing Dallas 108-94, falling to Phoenix 116-109. High school basketball doubleheaders tonight. Shovels, all of these starting at 6 p.m. Shelbyville Central is at Centennial. Kolioka hosts Huntland. Eagle was at home against Murfreesboro Central. Spring Hill goes to Giles County. Cheatham County is at Greenbrier, Independence at home against Cane Ridge. Portland is at Joe Burns. Antioch's at Knowledge Academies. And Montgomery Central is at McEwen. Girls basketball only at 5 o'clock. Webb School is at Innsworth. Boys basketball only. Pope Prep goes to Baylor at 530 local tip. Or sorry, 530 central tip, 630 local. John Overton's at Father Ryan at 6. And Day Spring Academy is at Mount Juliet Christian at 730. And on the Monday night football Primetime game, Cincinnati Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars, 7-15 on ABC ESPN, and that is your rundown. More top stories brought to you by Piggly Wiggly. Of course, they're over at Neely's Mill Shopping Center in Columbia and across the mid-state, but we like the one here in our neck of the woods, particularly. And you know, you go with what you know. They're good folks. They and, are. And, and if you're down in Columbia and you're looking for lunch, they've got great meats, vegetables, cobblers. You make your own combo and it is always good. And of course, the fresh hand cut meats daily, the great fresh produce, and all cost plus 10 at the register. Well, I've not seen an official announcement that I can find. Right. But football, and you may not, but footballscoop.com. And they're typically pretty solid. That is about as solid as it gets. I mean, we wouldn't have one of their people on with, well, we've had this person on with us. We've had Zach Barnett on. We have. We've had John D. Bryce on. They typically know what they're talking about. And obviously, this has been a rumor. Trust them a lot more than I do TMZ. This has been a rumor. Uh, throughout the coaching carousel process, but it does appear that Austin P. Scotty Walden will be headed to El Paso. 
to take the UTEP job. And congrats to him, for one. Congrats to Texas El Paso, who is getting a really, really exciting guy and good football coach. Texas native. Cut his teeth as a 22-year-old offensive coordinator at Sol Ross State, which is an NCAA D3 school in, according to this, far West Texas. Not just West Texas. Well, it's a good thing because like East New Mexico. That's where yeah, exactly. So I mean, so yeah, so I mean, so he's got some familiarity with the area. I mean, (laughs) a lot of folks would say El Paso. Why? Well, now you know this dude. Um, went from there to East Texas Baptist. One year he was seven and three as a 27-year-old head coach. Just kept edging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just kept coming east because from there, wide receivers coach at Southern Miss and interim coach after who was that? I'm guessing it was uh, Healy. Was it? It wasn't Healy. It was one of those. One of those guys. Uh, the the guy from uh, North Alabama. That's now Mark Hudspeth. Hudspeth, that's it. I think I think that was him. Okay, and then from there came to Austin P. As you mentioned, where in what three seasons? Four seasons. He was twenty six and fourteen, and led the Governors to the FCS playoffs this year. And mm-hmm. you know, we talked to um, we talked to Brady McTamney heading into that playoff game against Tennessee Chattanooga and obviously wondered if this was going to happen. Jay Hobson. Jay Hobson. Was the coach that he, yeah. I don't even know who Jay Hobson is. Well, don't mention his name in Hattiesburg. Clearly. (laughs) So anyway. Yeah. um, Great move for Scotty. Uh, you hate to lose him at Austin P, but at the same time, you kind of knew you were going to, or you certainly knew it could happen. Yeah. I mean, back-to-back trips to, or back-to-back uh, championship and conference championships in the A-Sun and now the UAC should have been in the playoffs last year, but. 34 years old. Should have, would have, could have. I mean, this guy's he's he's kind of on a rocket ship, you know. And as I have mentioned, <laughs> when you have the opportunity to go, you probably need to go. Just because those opportunities don't come along often. Now maybe Austin P was positioned for him to continue to have that type of success or to, you know threatened to have that type of success, but you don't know. And, you know, Will Healy really kind of put that program back on the map or put it on the map and used it to bounce into, you know, FBS coaching ranks. Didn't work out so well. Hopefully this works out a little bit better for Scotty Walden over at Texas El Paso. Yeah. You know, I, I think that Scotty is exactly the kind of coach that, that that fits well in Conference USA. 
especially with what they're trying to build in Conference USA with, you know, trying to become less of a, you know, less of a place where people come to, to retire or whatever. They want to be the breeding ground for, you know, new young head coaches. Now, that's obviously opposite of Jacksonville State is Rich Rodriguez, but I, I, I still think that, you know, Conference USA as a whole is trying to be, you know, the springboard and the, the place where you come to to make a name. And and obviously building the conference up is important. And the best, you know, getting the best coaches is important. Scotty Walden is one of the best coaches available that UTEP could get. And if I'm not the best coach available that UTEP could get. And I'm thinking that UTEP was not the only conference USA team that was looking at Scotty Walden. You know, I I would certainly expect that that middle would have probably given him a call but based on what you're telling me as far as you know his history in West Texas I'm not sure he even answered oh, I'm, I'm sure he answered but you know, uh, and I'm not sure how far along it got sure. if at all because I mean if help if if UTEP was in on him first then and he had decided that that was where he wanted to go then then it might yeah. probably didn't go very far but I feel like he probably took the call just you know respect sure sure I, you, and that's you, what i mean mm-hmm. i mean you don't burn those bridges i don't things. i don't think that that you know if if utep was and utep was first which probably made a lot of difference mm-hmm. you know hey i'm already it does i'm already in negotiations with this team you know if you've got we're, a, we're pretty far down the road if you so. want to offer something go ahead but yeah. if, if it's going to be a whole process yeah if you're talking about two or three interviews and that kind of thing I'm, i've already I'm, done all that I'm with out. somebody else yeah. And it's home, it appears. So yeah, good, although good. although middle would have been another step east. Yeah. Well, yeah, he could have just kept, kept going. coming. <laughs> but uh, but not the only coaching move made over the weekend. Uh, Spencer Danielson, interim head coach and defensive coordinator at Boise, was named the head coach, hmm. uh, taking over for Andy Avalos. Uh, led him to a three and zero record, including a conference championship win over UNLV. So I guess his his on-the-job interview went well. All right. And good for him. Good for him for taking advantage of the opportunity. Good for Boise State for recognizing the on-the-job interview and putting some, yeah. you know, credence in that because a lot of folks... Oh, everybody does. Yeah. So, um, and I guess... I guess Brian Harson's just going to continue to sit home and count his money. Wouldn't you? If you can. Well, you know, it's like you said, you can always go back. I mean, I don't know how heavily he was involved, if he was involved at all, but it would have kind of made sense. They had Boise and Harson had a lot of success together. They did. So. Biggest hire of the weekend goes to Houston. Willie Fritz takes over for Dana Holgerson. Mm. And you have to wonder mm. how much of an impact this What hire was the had. timing of that? Well, on Sunday morning, they announced it. 
They announced it Sunday morning. Yeah. Okay, and but they lost were, to SMU, obviously, sir. There were reports leaking out throughout the week that he was looking and potentially heading that way. And you got to wonder how much of an impact that had on the AAC championship game that obviously Tulane lost to SMU. What was it, 28-14? I don't know if it was that close. Well, I don't know if it was like that kind of a score. Like a, it, it was probably something like two touchdowns. I just don't know if it was 26-14. Okay. okay. Now, I, th- I didn't think it was like a perfect score. <laughs> There was a weird number in there somewhere, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's uh, you know that's a big hire for for Houston. Obviously, Willie moving up to the Big Twelve and uh, CBS grades is an A plus. This guy's been doing it, kind of in the college football hinterlands, so to speak, for a pretty good while, and it's going to be intriguing to see what he can do you know, in a power five with a full arsenal. I mean, yeah. after being at Georgia Southern and Tulane and other places like that. Golly. Been coaching since 82 when he started as a student assistant at Pittsburgh State. D2. That's Pittsburgh, no H. No H, that's right. D2 power. In Kansas. The Gorillas. <laughs> One of my favorites. I love that. Uh, but yeah, spent spent so much time at Central Missouri, Sam Houston State, Georgia Southern, and Tulane, and getting his shot finally. Uh, Sixty three years old. He and you know he and Signetti. Sixty three. Yeah. Finally getting well, a shot. Well, the good thing for Houston is you don't really expect him to be looking for anything else. No, yeah, he's he's kind of he, he's kind of here until until he's not. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know if you saw this one or intended to mention it or not. Were you done? Uh, no, there was one more that that's out there. But go okay, ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. After having his play calling duties taken from him at Colorado, Sean Lewis hired at San Diego State, where where he can call the plays if, if he, wants he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> this would be better than I wouldn't. It? Yeah, it would. It would. <laughs> well, and he's returning to the yeah. head coaching ranks because he had been head coach at what Kent State before uh, he joined Coach Prime at Colorado. Yes. So an A minus hire from CBS on that one. Okay. Um. Do you have someone else? I do. Go ahead. I do. Former Old Dominion coach Bobby Wilder. Oh, that's right. Completely. I, I saw it, had it, just didn't put it on here. Who among his pupils at ODU was current Atlanta Falcons quarterback Taylor Heineke. Mm-hmm. Is the new man in Cookville. He replaces Dwayne Alexander, who had served six seasons at his alma mater as head coach. Um, Wilder was at ODU for 11 years. His last season was 2019, and I cannot find where he's been. Oh, okay. Wilder has spent the past few seasons doing small-scale private training for quarterbacks. All right. 
2019. Said that, said that he had had some, he, he had he had interviewed for some jobs over the last couple of years. Nothing really worked out. But you know, he he had a really good run at ODU. I mean, Sanzo's last two or three years, they were really good. Yeah. Well, he brought them back. He yeah. reestablished football at Old Dominion. They hadn't played in almost 70 years. They went 46 and 14 in their first four seasons back. Um, six and six in their first year of F FBS membership. Didn't go to a bowl. Couldn't go to a bowl. You know how that goes. Um, Ten and three, three years later. I guess that would have been 2016. Um, and won the Bahamas Bowl. And then, like you said, five and seven, four and eight, and one and eleven in his final season. Um, and he's clearly not young either. No. So, no. I need to be careful about these age references because a lot <laughs> these of these guys, guys are, are around your <laughs> yeah yeah. But um, yeah. So hopefully that. And the new facilities that are on deck for Tennessee Tech will create some excitement up there. And again, this is a guy who's had some success. What a ball game. Gives him his deal. So um, I'm as excited about Tennessee Tech football as a Middle Tennessee graduate can be. As you can possibly be at this point. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's take a break. Obviously, the big topic that everybody wants to talk about, right? College, foot, talk about college football playoff. We're going to talk about it. Stick around Main Street Sports. Sir. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joints. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, we are live from the Lee Company studio here in Columbia, talking now about the biggest topic in all of sports from the weekend, the college football playoff, as there was plenty of debate to be had. We'll show you the college football rankings now, the top 25 rankings, including obviously the top four, which are Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Rounding out the top 10, Florida State, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri, and Penn State, Ole Miss, and Liberty also find themselves in New Year's Six Bowls. <clears throat> now, everybody is talking about Florida State. Number five, should have they should they have been in? Should they not have been in? I think the conversation should go much deeper than just Alabama, Texas, and Florida State. Because here's the thing. I think, and you know this about me, Resumes matter, and resumes are more than the left win column and the right loss column. And if the goal was the four best teams, I don't know that they got it right. Your thoughts? I, I need you to complete your thought. That is that that is my first thought. Well, I mean, when you say you don't know that they got it right, what what would have constituted getting it right in by your assessment? Well, I think that there's the inconsistency of this committee was there from day one. We talked about it last week and in, in, in Michigan's case. But if Alabama if Georgia won was the number one team in the country all year long and Alabama beating them was enough to get them into the top four, <laughs> Georgia being at six is a little ridiculous. Uh, moving five spots down just because everybody else happened to not lose. That seems pretty inconsistent considering. I mean, am I wrong? That's... It's almost like they did half the playoffs one way and half the playoffs another. And that's a problem to me. Because the only thing different between Georgia and Michigan is that Georgia has two better wins 
than Michigan than Michigan does. And yeah, they lost, but they lost to a team that's in the top four by three points. That doesn't seem that doesn't seem very consistent if Florida State is also out at 12 and 0. 13 and 0. That's right, 13 and 0. And Michigan's the number one team in the country? Huh? So again, if they didn't get it right, what would have been right? Well, I don't know about what would have been right. I can tell you what my vote would have been from my first vote. You know, they vote like a gazillion times. My first vote, y'all are going to laugh, but I don't care. My first vote would have been Washington, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia. So you would have left out two undefeated Power Five conference champions. If, if, if those are the four best teams, in my opinion, based on their resume. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. No, I, I understand that, but that's what I'm saying here. So you got to make a decision one way or the other. You can't, you can't straddle the fence here. That's why everybody's mad at. Well, they straddled the fence. They did, and that's why everybody. That, that's they but could. Here's the thing: the not everybody's them. mad at them. I think, I think, I think for a lot of people, Florida State is just collateral damage from. Having well, to have the SEC champion in? I think that's the biggest thing. Because by the time, by midnight Saturday night, there was going to be a precedent set. Well, that that doesn't necessarily matter going forward, but yes. No, no, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter. But you were going to do something for the first time. They had to. Sunday. By the end of all the games, you were either going to leave out an undefeated Power Five conference champion, or you were going to leave out the Southeastern Conference champion, neither of which had ever been done. Never. And they decided that... In favor of a team that cheated to get there. Conjecture, but I mean... I hesitate to go down that road just I because, know. I mean, do we know that they would not have won those games had they not cheated? No, but if they hadn't cheated, wouldn't be no debate. Now would they? No. no. <laughs> of this, there would be no debate. No. Um, <laughs> but, 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 I mean, but, I mean, clearly, clearly, it didn't matter to anybody that they cheated. It did not. Because they're what? Number one? They're number one. Number one. I, I saw a tweet somewhere that said, Number one, cheaters. Number two, champions of an obscure conference. Number three, lost to a meh Oklahoma. And number four, ESPN slash, what was it? ESPN and somebody else, sponsor exemption. But... And I know that we're not supposed to take into consideration the, the past, right? But they clearly are taking into consideration the past success of the Southeastern Conference 
right? The Southeastern Conference, specifically Alabama and Georgia over the last five years, has earned the right to you. If you're going to be the man, you got to beat the man and we're the man. There's no, there's no debate on that, right? I mean, the SEC is the man. The SEC champion has been the national champion, what, seven of the last nine years, I believe. And so it's really hard to feel like there's a legitimacy to a national championship in which the Southeastern Conference was not a part of the, the, the debate. That being said, if you're going to take that into consideration, once again, I ask, why is Michigan number one? They got whipped by a team that got beat 55 to 7. No, no, no. 62 to 7. That's they right. Got beat 60. by 55 points. They got beat by 55 points. 62 to 7. And they got whipped. Blown out. The entire game. And this is essentially the same team. Sands, Aiden, Hutchison. They've not been good against anybody but mid-competition. Ohio State, best win is Notre Dame. Notre Dame lost to that Louisville team you saw Saturday night play the worst football in the history of mankind. I'm glad you got to see it. (laughs) I was a little busy. I wish that I hadn't. Um, I, Iowa is still number 17 in the country. I don't know how you can watch that game and say that's, that's a top 25 team. It's the best defense in the country, and there's no question about it. But they are putrid on offense. Penn State's number 10. Their best win is 31 nothing over Iowa. I just, I don't know. I mean, I I think you hit on it. I mean, the committee has been inconsistent. And I think really this committee's only, their only intent, and maybe that's okay, was to get the top four teams. I mean, I don't know that they necessarily were concerned with with the logic past four. And... They weren't. No, the, the past four was just a whatever. That, that's just an exercise. Hence, Florida State being at five. If that if Jordan Travis's injury matters, then they're eight or nine, maybe probably no higher than nine. You know, if it matters. Two two explanations that keep getting offered up for Florida State not being in this four team playoff. I'm tired of hearing. Um, schedule. You're captive of your conference, as Jim Foster once said so eloquently when he was women's basketball coach at Vanderbilt. You can't do anything about who you have to play in conference. Okay. And you have no idea when you schedule some of these games, you know, except in the middle of a pandemic, how good these folks are or how good they're going to be. When when they sign their contract with LSU. Eh, You probably had an idea LSU was going to be decent. You thought LSU. Maybe not. Top five, but decent. You feel you figure they're going to be decent, you know. But Florida, you, you figure they're going to be decent. So I mean, <laughs> yeah. But that's not Florida State's fault. Okay. And you know the 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 Jordan Travis injury. I mean, this kid is 
apparently went on Twitter and apologized for not having his leg broke sooner so that they could have built a better resume without it. How ridiculous is that to throw at a kid? But, I mean, a lot of people hold up the NCAA Basketball Selection Committee when they dinged Cincinnati after they lost Kenyon Martin. Cincinnati dropped a seed. Cincinnati was not kept out of the process of playing for a national championship because of an injury. There's a difference. Well, there's also a difference in 64 yes, and 4. But, yes. yes, there's absolutely a difference in 64 and 4, and I'm not surprised you said that. But they were still in the process to play for a national championship. So you had Liberty in your top four. No. Well, they're captive of their conference, Mo. 13 and 0, baby. Resumes wins, right? No. Power five. And, you know, you're, you're kind of being pedantic if that's actually what you think. And I don't think it is. I think you're just, you know, shooting holes. And that's fine. That's my opinion. Florida State should have been there. Somebody should have bitten the bullet and said, SEC, you're not good enough this year. It's, it's only one but year. Do you, right? it's but do, only... You believe that? do you believe that? Do you believe the SEC was not good enough? Do you believe the Southeastern Conference champion who just beat the number one team in the country was not good enough? I don't That's necessarily believe that. But here's the thing. you got to apologize to somebody. What's the difference in apologizing to Alabama and apologizing to Florida State? Why is Alabama special? Ask the 14 people in that committee who are associated with the South with the Atlantic Coast Conference. They double, double the number of SEC representatives on the committee. I know. Clearly, do whatever dance you have to do to get comfortable with it but i mean this came down to alabama and florida state and again but people were more but and people were more comfortable with screwing florida state than they were with screwing alabama because alabama is the better football team florida state great defense maybe one of the best defenses in the country and what's wrong with winning with defense i was number 17 you see what happened to them best defense in the country the best defense in the country. So if we're going to pick this thing on paper, then let's just give to Michigan and go home. But we're not. That's what I'm saying. We're watching the games but, and saying but, that Alabama has three wins. Georgia, all right, Ole Miss, and LSU. That's their three best wins in order. What are Florida State's best wins? I guess LSU. LSU, Clemson. which is number three. Mm-hmm. Clemson to eight and four, and Louisville. And and what is Florida State's worth loss? Again, what what is Florida State's worth loss? Again, Answer the question. What is Florida State's worst loss? Again, what is Florida State's worst loss? They don't have a loss. Okay. Again, so is a resume wins and losses, or is a resume just losses? Because a resume I, has to matter. I think. So losses don't mean anything, then, is what I think losses about. do mean something, but if, you lose, but if you lose to a team that's also in the top three, that's also a conference champion, just like Georgia is one of the best four teams in the country, 
there's nobody that wants to play Georgia right now. Not a single team in the country. Not nobody. They're two and a half touchdown favorites over Florida State right now. Do you think Florida State today, if they cared about being there, beats Georgia in the Orange Bowl? If this were weak, if this were a conference championship game, do you think Florida would beat Georgia? Florida State. Florida State. You know, under the circumstances, probably not. This is the point. But it's also the point that that's also the case for Michigan and Washington against Georgia. Georgia would whip their tails. They'd be two touchdown favorites over both of them, too. So we're mad at the wrong people. We're mad at Alabama for being in the I'm, SEC. I'm not no. mad at Alabama. I'm mad at the committee for capitulating to Alabama. But they didn't. It wasn't to Alabama. And it wasn't to the SEC. It was to the process. I just think they got the, <laughs> they got the wrong two teams at the top. And I'm telling you, when I told you I would have been insufferable in that meeting, oh, my God. Michigan's 80, what's his name? Oh, Ward Samuel. Would have punched me before the end of the night. Because I would have, I, I, buddy, your team is not good enough. It's not good enough. And when the Rose Bowl rolls around, you're going to find out. Your team is not good enough. Yeah, that could be a bloodletting. You see how they acted when they saw Alabama? They don't want that. They don't want the smoke. Well, they're going to get it. And then all of this is going to be about how, well, see, Florida State should have been left out. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, I, the team that should have been left out is sitting at the top of the rankings right now. My frustration. That's why I'm mad. Uh, my frustration, I'm not mad, but my frustration is, you know, what do you tell kids at this point? Because here's the thing. Liberty knew. They weren't getting. They weren't getting in. They knew that. Everybody knew they weren't getting in. Well, and they knew it's a nice season. It's a heck of a season. It's a fantastic season. What they've done up there, first year coach and everything else. But they knew they weren't getting into this. And they knew it in September. And the fact that they're members of Conference USA has a lot to do with that. Sure. Florida State is a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference, which is considered by many to be a Power Five conference. It's pretty legit. Clemson comes out of there, right? But 67, 66 and 74 doesn't help you. What do you want them to do about it? I, that's, I understand <laughs> that. But I, again, in a season where there are at least, at least six teams who are, who, who are have an argument mm -hmm. to be in the top four, it is what it is. And the resume for Alabama is better than the resume for Florida State. That's just that's just a fact. There's no and, and whether or not they should, you know, if you want to do the right thing versus what your charge is, that's fine. I think it would have been the wrong call. I think I, I think they got three and four right. That's about it. I, I just think that those committee members should have to stand in front of those kids and tell them. You did everything you were supposed to do. And we still kicked you in the teeth. 
And unfortunately, that's that's the job. That's what they signed up for. And all Florida State could do was beat the teams on their schedule. Sure. And that's what they did. Justin, go to the next slide. One more. (laughs) Don't have time to read that. That's the 12 team. Flip Penn State and Ole Miss, because I don't think they would have conference rematches. Ole Miss, Ohio State, Georgia, Penn State. Tell me you wouldn't much rather see this today. Would this not be the most exciting college football playoff in the history of the college football playoffs? Uh, That would be watchable. Oregon, Missouri. Ohio State, Ole Miss. Georgia, Penn State. I mean, Georgia, even Florida State Liberty would be fun right now. mm -hmm. Would be fun to watch. Look, Caden Salter is a Power Five level quarterback. Oh, he was. Caden Salter was a Power Five quarterback until he realized that he had to stop smoking. But that's another story for another day. If this is a quarterback driven sport, you better watch out. Because I don't know what Oregon's feelings are if they want to make sure that, you know, that they don't get run off the field by Liberty. I don't know. Well, but Caden Salter is going to give Liberty a chance to win the football game. And and here's the thing. Again, outside of the college football playoff, you run into that. They didn't want to be there. Opt out. Mm-hmm. Getting ready for the draft and that kind of thing. And Outside the college football playoff, bowls mean nothing. And and Caden Salter is not getting ready for the draft, or if he is getting ready for the draft, he's a best. That that, that this game is going to be how he does it. Exactly so, right. Yeah. Exactly right. So I'm I'm looking forward, but this this right here would be must watch television. Well, and, and you know who the you know who's most angry about this right here today and everything else. The ACC. The ACC commissioner. Why? Because he's the one that kept it from happening. Because he's the one who kept it from happening. Ain't that some... <laughs> ain't that a kick in the head? Yeah, ain't that, that head? a kick in the head, as Frank Sinatra would say, yes. <laughs> oh, man. I Look, I feel bad for Florida State. I would have felt bad for Alabama. I would have felt bad for Georgia. I would have felt bad for Texas. I would have felt bad for whoever got left. I because like somebody kidding. was going... To a get deserving team who had a case for not. Yes, a deserving that, team was that, going to that's get left undeniable. Out. And that sucks. But that's the well. Job. The process. The process is not perfect. No. The process doesn't yield four teams. These are your four. It has more times than not, but it doesn't always. Eighteen, I think, was the only other time where we had a toss-up situation but you never had and you've never had one to this degree no where again you could probably argue for ohio state it'd be a quick argument but certainly certainly six yeah there's no doubt that georgia florida state and the top four all have an argument Mm -hmm. to be in the top four i just feel like that (laughs) there was there was a better 
a better option than, oh, well, Georgia lost, so let's move everybody else up. Yeah. And I, th- I think the inconsistency of the rankings from day, fr- from week eight on, it created a corner hmm. that they backed themselves into. And instead of, from the beginning, judging off of the resume, rather than Georgia being number one just because Georgia's the two-time defending champion, I, I agree they're probably one of the best four teams, but let's also take into consideration the fact that what if they lose and then we're screwed? You know, what if they lost to Missouri? Then you're screwed. There's just a lot of things that they, they don't take. They, they just kind of, they rank it like the AP poll. Well, I mean, nobody's, nobody's bulletproof though. Right. No, I understand that. But I'm saying Georgia ain't be nobody up to that point. Oh. Michigan ain't be nobody up to that point. Why are they in the top four? And I think that that's, that, that's the fundamental problem with polls in general, even when it's a committee deciding on it as a group, is that, you know, I look at it one way and you look at it a different way, just like that's why the AP poll works, because there's enough there's enough individual people who look at it different directions that, you know, there's a collective. That more often than not, you get. That's why they get points. (laughs) That's how it works. Mm -hmm. They get points. Right. So and that's that I think is the biggest concern is that I feel like they really could have done themselves some favors earlier in the season and Mm -hmm. didn't. But. We are way out of whack. Yeah, we are. So let's take a regular break here, Justin. We'll come back with Terry McCormick right after this on Main Street Sports Today. Stick around. We'll be right back to the Lee Company studio in a moment. Welcome to the 2023 Magical Holiday Home Tour, coming for one day only. Immerse yourself in the spirit of the season as you explore stunning displays, twinkling lights, and charming decorations. The general admission tour of area luxury homes including historic Rosemont and a special tinsel tour of the original Fairview Plantation Mansion. Come and experience the warmth of the holidays by touring spectacular luxury homes. It's an event you won't want to miss. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. 
A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports State, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Terry McCormick now with your Daily Titans report. Terry, what's up? Well, some big news. Your Daily Titans report brought to you by Zen Sports. Titans made uh, a move today in the coaching staff as uh, Mike Brable <laughs> fired Greg Altman after yesterday's special teams debacle with the two blocked punts in a row, one that got Ryan Stonehouse injured and out for the season and needing surgery, and then the uh, missed extra point that uh, took place in large part because Stonehouse was unavailable to hold. So a lot of things going on out here with the Titans. Tom Quinn is going to take over uh, for now as the special teams coordinator. He previously worked for the New York Giants as their special teams coach. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what changes are made personnel-wise going forward with a new coach. Wow. I mean, somebody said it, and it made sense, but I didn't necessarily expect it. You know, I guess because, I mean, we talked a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, about whether or not Vrabel would make any in-season coaching changes or anything like that. And he seemed opposed to it at that point. But I guess when, when you are putting players at risk as a result of your shortcomings, maybe that changes things. Yeah, absolutely. This is the first time he's ever made an in-season coaching change uh, during the six years that he's been here. So certainly this is significant uh, in terms of uh, moves made by Mike Brabel. Uh, you know, the thing is, it, you know, I think there could be other moves that come at the end of this season, but I don't think you'll see any more uh, happen uh, during the season just because this is so unusual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what is Stonehouse's injury specifically? Do we know? Well, he said he would have to have surgery. So, uh, 
if you'll look on titaninsider.com, you can see the photo that our photographer, no, Angie Platt, took no, yesterday. No, you can I, see I, his I, leg I, kind I, of bent. I, I, don't, I don't need to see it again. Trust We're me. Good. And, uh, you know, I, so I, he had a big, giant brace on uh, in the locker room yesterday after the game, and he did not have an air cast on. So that leads me to think that it's not a broken bone, but right. probably maybe a torn ACL or MCL and things like that. Or all of the above. That's unfortunate because a, a broken mm -hmm. bone would have been probably easier. Much cleaner. Now, um, that was his plant leg, right? Yes, that was his plant leg. I don't know that it matters, but I guess it matters in a different kind of way, whether it's your plant leg or your kicking leg. I mean, it's it's pretty, but, pretty significant you know, this guy regardless. Truly, yeah, mm -hmm. this guy was truly a weapon. You know, I mean, you know, most punters are just punters, you know, and they're all good. You know, guys can get, you know, 45-yard net in the NFL. That's what they do. But this guy was truly a weapon. You know, he could boom a 65-yard punt with ease, it seemed at times. Well, and, I mean, you had uh, seen it earlier yesterday. Sure. You know, and, and no longer having that at your disposal certainly makes, uh, makes the new special teams coordinator – uh, Tom Quinn's job much tougher because first thing he's got to find a punter and somebody who can actually hold on field goals and extra points Man, too. I was I was I was absolutely ready for Nick Folk's NFL record to end yesterday, and when he squeaked that that field goal in the uh, right upright, I was shocked and excited for him and for and well and for Ryan Tannehill who you know had to feel awful. Well, but you know, when they time. went back and showed that, and Terry, you were at the game, so I'm not sure how much attention you were able to pay to the replay and that kind of thing. But, you know, Tannehill kind of put his fingers down at the spot where he wanted to place the ball for the extra point attempt, and he got it there. I mean, I don't know it's if it was angle. a timing thing or if it was the angle of the ball. Because that's, that's what you could see uh, folk adjusting on the sideline. Yeah, I think most of it was probably due to the fact that the laces weren't spun out exactly correct. Oh, I think they like the laces on the outside, and and so maybe that was what it was. But at any rate, you know, I guess every kicker is a little different as to where they want the ball when they put their foot on it. So uh, anyway, folks made that tough. adjustment. And they were it, able to take the field. It's tough on Tannehill if he's not yeah he'd never. gotten that work in. Maybe part of that is Aukerman's shortcoming as well for not having a backup you know, not, or not working your backup hope. Yeah, they do work on it some in practice. They said, they, but he said it'd been a couple of weeks the last time he had done it. So there you have it. Too many. Clearly, well, yeah. that's that's unfortunate. Uh, do we have any idea? I mean, I mean, obviously they're gonna have to sign somebody in free agency. Who's out there? Brett Kern? No idea. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, punters, punters and kickers lead a nomadic life anyway. <laughs> they do, in fact. Mm -hmm. They just, <laughs> they, they are, they Cap are. Football will travel. Yeah, they, they are definitely uh, unique individuals. But, uh, okay. Well, uh, other news Derek Henry left the game. Jeffrey Simmons left the game. Who else? Somebody else left the game. Uh, Christian Fulton and Josh Wiley. Wiley. Wiley left the game. Yeah. Oh, Wiley left when Derek left. It's like, hold up, I'll go with you. <laughs> well, so uh, what, yeah. uh, what, what happened there? 
Yeah. Well, the, the best news of that is that Henry is going to looks like going to be okay. He's not in the concussion pro protocol, even though Adam Schefter reported earlier today, citing a source that he was. He's not in the concussion protocol. He probably will practice this week with uh, a good chance of playing Monday night in Miami. Uh, that, sounds like, this, that, that, that sounds like Derrick Henry is not in the concussion protocol source, Derrick Henry. You know? yeah. Source. Yeah. Literally me. Derek yeah, me. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the concussion protocol. Yeah. No, yes. go ahead, Terry. But uh, Simmons is going to miss at least a couple of weeks with the knee injury. The good news is it's not the same knee that he injured, uh, you know, when he was training to come into the NFL uh, back in 2019. So he is going to miss a couple of weeks or more with the injury. Fulton has a hamstring issue again, and I don't have it. Brable did not offer an update on Josh Wiley but it was a knee injury. Mm. It's unfortunate. Arden Key ate yesterday, had a great game. Yeah, he, he looked pretty good. I mean, you know, he's starting to starting to come around. It's a little too late to make any run this season, but uh, he is starting to uh, get to the quarterback again, something that, uh, you know, he really hadn't done since the first game in New Orleans and had a long dry spell. But uh, his last two games, he's played really well. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, anything else we got to have? Nope. Just so how about some Zen sports? Let's talk about them. All right. Let's talk about Zen sports. Hey, Nashville, you've been hearing me talk about Zen sports, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee the last few months. And I'm excited to share some big news with you. Now, when you sign up for a Zen sports account, you will receive up to $1,000. No wager, no danger. First wager. That's right. When you place your first bet in Zen sports with odds up to plus 500, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if the bet loses. And there's more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. The new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. VIP program is by invite only, so if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, then check out the program details and apply at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top-tier customer support and faster withdrawals than Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic.
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yell and Mo Patton here on this Monday Mirror edition of the show. Plenty to get to in hour number two. We got to a lot in hour number one and yet didn't. We expressed a lot. We did. In hour number one. We did, in fact. So let's talk a little bit about some folks that had a good week or good weekend mm -hmm. and go with the Monstars. All right, Mo, mm -hmm. who are who who is your first monster? My first monster was a nightmare for the Oakland defense. Damon Cesa of Houston, 30 carries for 179 yards and a touchdown, also a 41-yard interception return in the Mustangs. Precedent setting. 24-9 Class 6A state championship victory over the three-time defending champion Oakland Patriots. So, yeah, that's my first monster. Okay. I'm going to go with Class 4A MVP, Zeon Simpson-Smith who had 181 rushing yards in their win over Upperman. What a fantastic uh, performance by that young man. Didn't he also have the kick return or the return of the attempted onside kick? Yes, he housed the onside kick. That's always one of my favorite things yeah. that happens in a man. game. Man. Housing onside kicks are always fun. So got to give it up for, for Zeon Simpson-Smith. Number two. Number two. We were just talking about him. Liberty quarterback Caden Salter in the Flames um, Conference USA championship win over who did they beat? New Mexico State. 20 of 25 for 319 yards and two touchdowns. Also 165 rushing yards and a touchdown on 12 carries. Solid. It is, in fact, and he was going to be my second monster. So I guess I will have to go elsewhere. <laughs> my bad. It's all good. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's go with Dylan Johnson of Washington, who deserved the Pac-12 MVP in the championship game. Dylan Johnson, 28 carries, 152 yards, and two touchdowns. And the most important carries of the game late. Mm. So the closer, huh? Yeah, yeah. Great job by Dylan Johnson to put up really solid numbers there. Okay. All right. My third monster, it won't show up in any stats because interceptions on point after tries don't count. It's just like passing yards and rushing yards on conversion attempts don't count. But Amani Hooker, um, Amani Hooker had a pick two. 
a pick two. A pick two um, scored after intercepting a two-point conversion passing attempt by the Colts. He did have four total tackles on the day as well in Tennessee's eventual 31-28 overtime loss to visiting Indianapolis. But that's you don't see that very often. No. Defensive scores on conversion. Well, that was a weird thing anyway because it, the touchdown was weird. And then going for two, I was like, okay, yeah, obviously that makes sense because mm-hmm. five don't help you. Right. Uh, and then, boom, out of nowhere, there goes Hooker, makes a field goal game, and here right. we are. It was so weird, the whole sequence. So It's a weird game. All right, so I know there are some people in my life who are going to be angry with me but when I give my third Monstar Award because, well, we don't like to give credit due or otherwise <laughs> to Troy State University. So why are you doing it? Kamani Vidal in the Sunbelt Championship game. This is a guy who at one point was leading the nation in rushing, right? I'm, I think Ollie from Oklahoma State might be in the conversation now for that, but Vidal certainly made his presence known on Saturday with a 233-yard performance on 26 carries and two, three, four, five touchdowns. Okay. Vidal is within 32 yards of the national rushing uh, rushing yardage lead behind Ali Gordon. Okay. So there was our Ramon stars. So who, now Ali Gordon is with Oklahoma Oklahoma State. State. And got pretty well shut down on Saturday. (laughs) But they're both going to bowl games, and bowl yardage now counts. has for a while. So minus 32, huh? He's minus 32 going into the bowl. And they will be playing against the Duke Blue Devils. And Trooper Taylor in the Birmingham Bowl. They were going to be playing against Brent Key, trustful native, and Georgia Tech coach, but apparently Duke and UCF were matched up for the for the Gasparilla Bowl, and they played last year, so they swapped Flipped. Tech and Duke, unfortunately. So Trooper Taylor's return, not Brent Key's return, but I feel like Troy's going to bring a pretty good crowd to Birmingham. No, it's- a relatively easy trip no doubt yeah so he's he's got a shot he's got a shot i don't know who oklahoma state's gonna be playing not real worried about all right let's talk about some baseball little braves chatter winter meetings are in nashville this week they are in fact and alex anthopoulos got them off to a Heck of a start. An interesting start because, you know, stop me if you've heard this. Alex Anthopoulos coming out of nowhere with a move. Yeah. That never happens. I mean, it was it was reported before the blue box, but it wasn't very far off. I mean, they didn't get it until it was done. There was no, there was no. Hey, the Braves and the Mariners might be making a trade. No, it was, it was done before mm-hmm. anybody knew anything. 
And yeah, so you you gotta you gotta admire the ability of, of the Atlanta front office to be able to do that. They, I mean, I don't I don't know if they threaten folks with death or firings or death and firings or how it works, but nothing gets out of there unless they want it to. Exactly. And that's why these rumors that you may or may not be hearing. I wouldn't pay any attention to them. Regarding (laughs) Shohei Otani is uh, useless. Is what it is. (laughs) The Braves acquired from the Seattle Mariners outfielder, left fielder, Jared Kelnick, left-handed pitcher, Marco Gonzalez, and 2020 gold glover, Evan White. Who was he with? The Mariners. Which was so weird. Well, 2020 was weird. 2020 was weird, exactly. That's why you just got to kind of go with it. But, uh, but yeah, um, 2020 Gold Glover, <laughs> who spent most of his time in AAA last year. You know, and will probably spend most of his time in AAA this year. No, he'll spend most of his time with another team next year. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I, I don't. It. It already seems to be a given that Marco Gonzalez is going to be packaged in another move. I wouldn't be surprised if Evan White is as well, because as you probably know, the Braves have a first baseman. They do, in fact. Of course, we've we've been asking the question for two years, who's going to play first base if not? If not the person playing it, whether it was Freddie Freeman or Matt, or Olson, Matt Olson, who else? <laughs> there is no one else. That's why they have to play every day. It is what it is. Sorry, we, we we don't have a backup for you. You gotta go. You just gotta go. You gotta so, go. <laughs> but but Kelnick is an interesting selection. Uh, first rounder, first round pick of the Mets, and was traded in the Cano Diaz trade on the same date in 2020. Huh. Somebody tweeted that AA was 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 um, trolling the Mets, making that trade three years after that the Mets traded him. I didn't realize that it was the to the date. That's that to is the day. That is great. Yeah. So Kellenic comes over, played a, played in 105 games last year, struck out 131 times. He would have played in more games had he not kicked a water cooler during a game against Minnesota. See, he and he and Noah can hang out together. There you go. Yeah, they can they can protect each other, maybe. Is this a guy that the Braves just feel like they can fix? Because, look. I'm I mean, not sure how much fixing he needs. Well, 131 strikeouts is not ideal well, in 105 well, games. But Kevin Seitzer seems to be. Ronnie, Ronnie's mm. strikeouts plummeted. Matt Olson's strikeouts plummeted. I really feel like, hey, you know, if you're a strikeout guy, but you've got, and he doesn't really hit for a lot of power. 11 home runs last year. It's not great. 40 something RBIs. I just don't know why that's better than Vaughn Grissom. Well, it seems as Other though. Other than he's both really good those, defensively. It seems like both those guys are going to share time yeah. in left field, is what it sounds like. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Platoon those two right and left and. I don't know if it's a platoon. Is Kalenic left-handed? Uh, I think I he is. Yes. Okay. So, 
he gives you the left-handed bat that you needed in the lineup in left field. In the opening month, and I'm reading from batterypower.com, in the opening month of 2023, Kalanick was, he slashed 308, 366, 615 over 101 plate appearances with 28 hits, seven of which were doubles and another seven homers. Well, see, so. and when the when do the Braves need somebody to step up the most? The first month. It's always that first month that, like, everybody else kind of getting going, and then there's one guy who just comes out of spring training on fire. Like, it was Arcia, mm-hmm. you know, this past year. And so, you know, and then it was Ronnie when he, the year he got hurt in 21. Right. You know, he carried us through the first two months of the season. So maybe this is the maybe this is that guy. So I'll be interested to see how how it plays out. I think he's I think he's a good pick, a good piece. I think, you know, if the Braves, he's got what four years of of team control. I, I mean, I do have this question though. He does bad left handed. I do have this question because mm-hmm. I've been in an ongoing, not really debate because the guy responding to me is not debating at all. Just tells me that I'm silly and I'm smoking and all this. <laughs> but today, right now, I know Gonzalez is probably going to get flipped. I know several pieces that we've acquired to this point are probably going to get flipped. But as of today, mm-hmm. with the people on the roster, do the Braves need anything else? Need anything else? I don't think they need anything else. I think they like to upgrade again at starting pitcher, but I don't know that they need anything else. Starting pitcher is where I'm I'm getting a really confused here, and this is why, and it's because, because there's just so much. Well, <laughs> we have two aces and Charlie Morton. You want a top of the rotation guy going fourth? Which I mean, sure, you want that, mm-hmm. but you don't need that. I mean, if you can get Dylan Cease, then sure, as long as you're not leveraging the future for it. But I mean, Bryce Elder, I know, was terrible in the second half. I think he just got tired. He had never pitched that much before. Mm-hmm. You saw what he was able to do in the first half, uh, you know, fresh. I think I think he can be a guy that that can give you innings in the four or five role. And I think AJ Smith Shaver needs big league innings, and he needs them before they are necessary for us to get them from. We don't need him to not be able to pitch 162 like Elder last year because we didn't give him a chance. To go every fifth day. You're assuming that AJ Smith Shaver is going to. Well, be I, I said right now, right like now. today. Mm-hmm. This is this is me today talking. Gonzalez is a fine four option. This guy had a five year span where he had a three six ERA. Yeah. He also last had, year, he not had a well, he had a forearm strain. See, he, I mean, cut him short last year. I think he only pitched in ten games. So uh, I mean, I know he's going to get flipped. I get that, but if he didn't. I don't know that I don't take him in the four spot there and have Elder, Smith, Shaver, whomever. You've got a lot of guys battling, like you said, behind. Ian Anderson. 
behind Freed, Strider, Morton. And that's why you – that's almost got to be a trade. Because there's just too many of them. There's too many good pitchers to not get something for it. But now, of course, again, this is a team that started 16 pitchers last year, so maybe they're and preparing to do that again. 104 games. Mm -hmm. I mean, Dylan Dodd isn't going to be on this team. Um, I don't know. That's the only guy that I feel comfortable making that statement with all certainty about. Is Schuster still on the team or is he gone? Um, Schuster is not on the 40 man. Yeah, but. Oh, no, no. We, Schuster we went to White Sox. I couldn't Sox. remember if we yeah. traded to the White Sox or not. I thought yes. he was one of those guys. But I could. We traded five. It's yeah, there was a up. lot of them. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, Dylan Dodd's not going to be on the on the team, and 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 again, we have an upgraded elite bullpen, the best offense in the game, two ace pitchers, and Charlie Morton. If you if you didn't feel comfortable riding with that today, I can't help you. Right. That is a good major league roster. That is a NL East winning major league roster. It just is. And especially when you look at the rest of the NL East. It just is. I got, I got nothing. Now, I'm not saying don't try. I'm not saying give up. I'm not saying quit. What I'm saying is if they don't sign anybody with the starting pitching that's going to be available You're next year, go with what's I'm okay. Here. I'm okay. Now, if Max Freed gets hurt again, or if, or if Spencer Strider gets hurt, or Charlie Morton gets hurt, or, or all of the above, then then sure. But that's every season. Mm -hmm. That's anybody. If Matt Olson gets hurt and you flipped Evan White, now what? Now you're stuck with Abraham Almonte or something. Um, like Vaughn Grissom picks up a first baseman. I, I guess. <laughs> because. I don't I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, that's anybody. Yeah. You I mean, you you can't teams. necessarily guard against every midseason occurrence. Right. So anyway. The Braves are fine as is, but I hope they get better. Because mm -hmm. why not? If you can, you can always you might get as well. better. You can always upgrade. <laughs> you can always move up. That's right. You can indeed. Let's talk a little high school football. Huh, Blue Cross Bowl is on the other side of the break. It is over, finished with Crown Nine champions, and we'll talk a little bit about those on the other side of it. Stick around. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you. 
no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, Chris Yalmo Patton, and we spent Thursday and Friday in Chattanooga, as you guys may have seen. Most spent Saturday down there watching three more fantastic mm -hmm. football games, and there were a lot of good games. I mean, 1A, 2A, both one-touchdown games. 4A, 5A was one-score one games. Uh, 6A is going to be a good game no matter what. Uh, I mean, it, it, it was suspenseful. It was Exactly. It, was, it never felt until about eight minutes to go in the fourth when, when they missed that on the overthrow on fourth down. Mm -hmm. That was kind of when you, you knew it was it Starting was to over. get away, yeah. But until that point, Oakland's still in there, still, you know, Fighting, and then of course you go back to the, the D two triple A game. I, I mean, even to the single A game was was suspenseful. Yeah. The only one, the only two games that really weren't were two double A and class three A. And I mean, you gotta be you gotta be happy about that if you're if you're a high school football fan in Tennessee and you made the trip down your, down there and you got to see those games. I mean that's what that's all you hope for is yeah. competitive football. Yeah, I mean you you just want it to be you know competitive. You want you you know you you don't want to blow out. Nobody wants to watch it. So well, and and for, and here's the thing: even three A, you know, when you felt like 
East was out of it. I mean, they were out of it, but they continued to play. They played 48 minutes. I mean, I think you got to credit. Yeah, you got to credit Damian Harris and that coaching staff and those kids for staying in there under adverse circumstances. And yeah, like you said, a 99-yard touchdown. I mean, they played right to the end. Absolutely. You got to get absolutely give them credit. I mean, that's that's what you hope for, and that's what you play for. You know, you you play until the final whistle, no matter what the score is. And I think, you know, I think even Boyd Buchanan did that. And, and you know, kudos to every team that, that made it. Obviously, 18 schools from across Tennessee had an opportunity to play, and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean. And, and the Mid-State, again, CPA, Middle Tennessee Christian, um, 4A, Pearl Yeah, Cone. Pearl Cone. That's it. That's it. Yeah, three out of nine. It's yeah. Bad. And ideally, if you had three, three, and three, that would be great. That's not quite how it panned out, but. Well, South Pittsburgh South, yeah. and Macaulay. So that's two of the. That's all they. That's all Chattanooga had. I mean, and then well, East Tennessee. And then well, yeah, and then Alcoa. Alcoa. So that's three. And and then Houston, Riverside. Mm-hmm. There's got to be one more in there. There does have to be one more in there. Who is it? We missed one. We've missed one. Uh, well, I mean, you go back to the Middle Tennessee Christian, Christ Presbyterian. Right. And then you had. Did they did did Middle Pearl Tennessee Cone. not? So Middle Tennessee got four. Oh, West, Knoxville West. That's right. That's the fourth out of East Tennessee. Yeah. But still, I mean, two, three, four, that's that's mm-hmm. not bad. It's been worse. Middle Tennessee has been shut out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we don't like to see that. No. So, you know, well done to all the teams. The South Pittsburgh McKenzie was probably one of the more suspenseful games, especially for a 14-7. Even Decatur County Riverside, East Robertson. East Robertson that was a deep. suspenseful game, and it was unfortunate because, you know, I got to sit next to David Wilson yeah. of the Robertson County Connection for a lot of that game, and I was sitting in front of a guy from South Pittsburgh during a lot of that game. And apparently in – East Robertson's semifinal win, <clears throat> they had um, they'd gotten a lot of penalties um, and a lot of them of the personal foul slash unsportsmanlike conduct variety. And they got a few more of those in that championship game on Saturday. And, you know, you, you hate to see that um, self-inflicted wounds, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, but particularly in a game of that magnitude in a game that close. And if they can clean some of that up, maybe they get a different result. Maybe they don't, but you know, you just, you hate to feel like it swung on something that you could have prevented. So fumble late fourth quarter picked up inside Riverside territory and they don't score. Mm -hmm. You kind of felt like that was their, their biggest and best opportunity to, to, to win, get something done. To win the game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, credit to Riverside, man. You you know, that team is really good, and they were no different on Saturday, just a really good football team. Yeah, really good, really physical. I mean, they've got a Mr. Football finalist in um, the quarterback, 
Stone Wallace and then Desmond Thomas. They list him at they list him at five eleven two twenty, I think. I'm not sure he's either. <laughs> but he is really physical running back who will take the ball every time you give it to him. I mean, I saw him go 38 times for 251 as a junior out at Mount Pleasant. I mean, they, and, and he's their closer. And, and the when, when they get a lead late, he's, yeah. he's going to get the ball. And you can know it and not stop him. Well, I mean, they're not even caring really if you stop him at that point because they're just grinding on that clock. Yep. So, he, he, he's good with them three yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Page closed out Friday night. Mm, that was a tough one. Uh, final play of the game. Go to the air with your running quarterback. And and honestly, like, I thought it was a good play call. I thought, hey, if, you know, a little misdirection is always good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the jump pass has worked. For a lot of people. And so, you know, and, and, you know, targeting your Mr. Football finalist is probably not a bad idea. And just, you know, a little tall, couldn't get it to him. And, you know, Paige goes down 24 19, but a valiant effort after being down, what, 24 7? Because they came out, uh, West came out second half, put another seven on the board after getting a Hail Mary at the end of the first half. With no time on the clock to to yeah. the first half, that was tough. Yep. Yeah. They um they gave up a couple of plays in the passing game early on that were kind of costly, and you know it kind of all started when Page went for it on fourth and one from their own twenty-two in the second quarter. Yeah. Good as that defense was playing, feel like maybe just punt it. But yeah, you know, honestly, I I think sometimes you gotta you gotta play to win, mm-hmm. and I know. I know as good as the defense was playing. The offense was playing pretty well at that point, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had Coach Rathbone on last week. He said that finishing drives was a big concern, had been a big concern against Southwind, against Centennial the week before, and it was kind of a concern again Friday night. Twice inside the The last two drives go. were goal to go. And they came up empty on both of them. That's Turned it over two, three times. Three times, I believe. So, Well, one of those turnovers, though, didn't technically count. Because it was a pick and then a fumble. <laughs> they get the ball back, remember? <laughs> that was wild. That was pretty wild. <laughs> that might have been, been the wildest play of the weekend. If there's, I, I don't, I mean, obviously, I didn't watch every single play, but mm-hmm. for me, the ones that I saw, that was the wildest. Threw a pick on the sideline, goes over there and just takes the ball away from you. <laughs> and we'll take that first down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, again, a great, great game. Great job by the TWSAA. Never, never a bad time in Chattanooga for the Blue Cross Bowl championships. And, Looking forward to going back. Yeah. Um, enjoyed having Mark Reeves on with us Friday as well um, to touch on a, a handful of topics. Always good when we can catch up with him. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let's take our final break of the day. We've got about four topics that we haven't gotten to. We'll pick 
a few of those, mostly hoops, right after this. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today is presented by Midland. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. And Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Young, Mo Patton here. Final segment of this Monday. Plenty of topics to continue to talk about going forward. Uh, but tomorrow, uh, big, big, big event downtown. Mr. Football Luncheon will be taking place. Mr. Football Luncheon at Nissan Stadium tomorrow. And... Um, Good luck to all of the finalists, but particularly to Darian Mesa of Mount Pleasant. Absolutely. So, um, we're not supposed to have favorites, but well, it's nice when you see your guys 
guys that you have built relationship with over the, I mean, remember in 2020, we went to that passing camp at Shovel and we kept saying, who is that kid? He's making every play. <laughs> yeah. And he was, he was, and he continued to do so from that day forward. Uh, so, you know, that was, that was kind of one of those moments where you saw it and you knew it. Mm-hmm. And so Darian Mesa, well worth it, well-deserved a, a trip to the, the, Nissan Stadium for the Mr. Football finalist banquet. Um, let's talk a little college hoops, and we'll start on the women's side because you mentioned it earlier in the rundown that you watched about mm. three minutes of Ohio State and Tennessee and just had to turn it oh, off. all I could take. Because Tennessee just, uh, for the second year in a row against Ohio State, looked lost. And Rakia Jackson is out. I get that. But she's one player. I mean – I don't know. I remember when one player didn't stop the University of Tennessee Lady Balls. Well, and that's that's kind of what I'm thinking here. I mean, I know that she's you know she's a very important player, but it's basketball. Like she doesn't play 40 minutes every night. You got to have somebody else who can step in and take those minutes. And, and right now, Tennessee just doesn't seem to have anybody uh, capable of doing that. And you know. I, let me let me see if I can find Caleb Jarreau's tweet. You may you may know it off the top of your head. What is what is Kelly Harper's record in? Uh, I don't know, and I'm not even sure I want to. Against ranked opponents. Oh, I'm sure I don't want to know that one. Twelve and thirty-two. Didn't I just sit here and tell you I didn't want to know? Well, I thought somebody out there might want to know. You're not the audience here. <laughs> <laughs> the audience may have been wondering themselves. They can look it up. Uh, but this is clearly this this is this is a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously coming off a Sweet 16 performance last year, that that's that's good. But that's not Tennessee standard. And so I ask you, how important is Wednesday? Hmm. That's a nice framing of that because there's a level on which I feel like that game is more important for MTSU just because they're the ones playing up. They're playing the in-state power and that kind of thing. But I think it's a game that, if lost, could really create some problems. And despite the 7158 uh, 71-57 loss to Belmont on Sunday, Middle Tennessee State is a very good basketball program, an NCAA tournament level team, and you can't overlook them if you are Tennessee particularly right now if you're Kelly Harper because I I've got to think that she's fighting from here forward to keep her job. And it's tough. It's tough to think about it like that, but man. Because if not her who you know, and, and someone said, you know, we, we've got to get out of this 
Pat Summit Player Tree. And, and you, it's, not, you, you, it, it's not like you've gone to it 10 times. I mean, Kelly's only the second coach that they've had since Pat. No, I, I understand that, but clearly it's it's not worked in a decade. I, I, I don't know if it's the Pat Summit coaching tree that isn't working. I think it's the player. You know, Holly Warlick that didn't work. And I think it's Kelly Jolly that isn't working. I'm, I'm talking, I'm a, is, is, there, is there a former Pat Summit player or assistant coach who is an established and, and I, I really am not trying to pile on Kelly here because I like Kelly and I think she is a solid coach, but who hasn't been fired from a Power 5 job? Is there a coach out there? I, I don't know that there is. I guess I guess my concern is characterizing it as getting away from the Pet Summit coaching tree. I think, you know, maybe maybe they need to look in a different direction. You know, maybe maybe there is an up and comer out there. You know, I don't want an up and comer. I want somebody who's winning, who, who's who's consistently winning at a Power Five program. Who do you want? That, that I, I don't. I'm telling you, I want Nick Saban. Why is Nick Saban coming to Tennessee? Alabama was wandering in the wilderness. Nick Saban wasn't Nick Saban when Alabama hired Nick Saban. He had won national a championship. national championship. He was also a failed NFL coach. Failed is that's another debate for another day. I don't think he failed, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. He was better than 500, and that's better than a lot of NFL coaches. Most but, of whom don't wind up at Alabama. Well, if Mal Moore doesn't camp out outside, and, and I think that's what needs to happen. I want Danny White to make a hire, one, because Danny White's not made a bad one yet. But I want him camping outside of somebody's house. Does Danny White make this one? I don't think so. I think this was uh, the guy who tried to hire Shiano. What's his name? Oh, Hart. Maybe. I don't remember. Trying to forget him. Mm -hmm. But that's who I want. I want Nick Saban. Who is Nick Saban? That's a great question. I don't know that right this second. I mean, you can't, you're not going to get Don Staley. You don't want to get Kim Mulkey. I want, obviously, you know. I want somebody who maybe isn't hasn't won national championships, but someone who has consistently taken Colorado to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. You know, a team that's not necessarily a bat, a women's basketball powerhouse, but is consistently winning at one. But I need them to be at the Power Five level. They've got it because that's that's the kind of coach. You know, you have to know how to coach at the Power Five level at Tennessee. You have to know what that means and how to recruit to that. And I just don't know. I don't know who the coach is, but that's the type of coach that I want. Okay. I don't know how we forgot this. Okay. Philip Fulmer hired Kelly that's Harper. That's it. He sure did. And that's not, a, again. And it was not a bad hire. Breaking what? news. Oh, no. And we missed it an hour ago. 
Destin and Keaton Wade have entered the transfer portal. Mm. Wow. Good for them. So anyway, that's breaking. Mm. But yeah, that, that's, I mean, I, there are some coaches out there that I would love to have that aren't coming because of the level that they coach at and they don't want to have to do all the things that college coaches do. But, but yeah. The position is not open. The position is not open. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that if Kelly, if Kelly Harper can't get it figured out in 2023, I mean, if she gets back to the Sweet 16, is she okay? Is she if, if she's one of the top 16 teams in the country, is she okay? This year, she gets one more if she takes him to the Sweet 16 again. So I mean, I, I think so too. I don't think it's it's I hard. Mean, it's well, particularly the Sweet 16 is hard to get to, and particularly with particularly with. You know, whatever's going on with Rakea Jackson at this point. Um, I'm not sure how healthy Tamari Key is. She doesn't seem to be playing a lot. Tamari Key? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but this team shoots a lot of threes. They do. And the turnover issues that we thought have been corrected have, have not. And that should be that should be the one thing Kelly Harper can Harp fix. Song? That should be the one thing she fixes. She is a point guard. Yeah. If there's one thing that you should be able to do, it's that. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. Yeah. Losing losing recruiting battles in the state doesn't help either. And she's lost a couple. Mm -hmm. Amani Berry comes Certainly. to mind. Immediately. So I don't love that either. No. That's about all we have time for. But I did want to mention that, uh, obviously, MTSU losing at Belmont. Not. We'll talk a little bit more about it tomorrow. Nothing to really shake a stick at. But It's really not. Uh, I think that's more a function of Belmont being really good and playing are. at home than anything else. Let me just run off the list of men's teams that lost over the weekend. Kentucky, Marquette, Duke, Villanova, and Purdue all lost over the weekend. So it was upset city, upset, upset weekend. Parody. Arizona has found its way to the top of the AP poll because of it. With so, a new coach, right? Yeah. So they, they got they, there's all kind of stuff going on. But and we'll uh, talk more about it. We'll we'll talk plenty. NFL, transfer portal, more transfer portal than we just gave you. MTSU is going to hire a football coach sometime this week. Yes, they are. And Lipscomb has hired one and will announce it at 3 o'clock tomorrow, Lipscomb Academy. So a lot of news coming your way tomorrow. Come back with us at 2 o'clock on Main Street Sports today. See you then.